Clingers have spoken. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Clingers Have Spoken. I'm Joel Klinger, and as always, Michael Klinger is with me through Zoom. Uh, we just watched episode three of season 44 of Survivor. Uh, Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Uh, just living life, keeping keeping things going around the house, and uh, being, being a parent and on top of everything else. So, yeah, man, the episode was fun. Um, got to see some more characters that we hadn't seen with the uh, green guys going to tribal council. So it was, it was a good episode. Yeah. Saw a lot of green. And again, it was referenced that Claire did not participate in any of the challenges. Again, it was emphasized and that was definite foreshadowing. Um, let's just get straight to that. Like if you're Claire, what makes you think that I should sit out for three challenges in a row? When, like, I get it if you're, like, really tiny. Claire looks like she's, like, physically fit and capable, but allowed, like, Heidi and Franny to compete in all the challenges. What's up with that? Is there a strategy there? I mean, the strategy is, I guess, don't wear yourself out when you don't have to. But I think you have to be a person of a certain stature and survivor to get away with that. Like, you have to be Sandra... Or Sari, or somebody or like, like that to get away with sitting out so woman. much. Yeah, like, yeah. It just, you know, I there was a line in there that I think Danny said when they were at the he was at the water well with uh, that other guy and Josh. I think what he said was, you know, there's a certain camaraderie that we form by like being in these challenges together, and I think that's probably what she didn't calculate in is that people like don't feel as bonded to her because she hasn't been doing the challenges with them. Mm. Like she didn't do a single one because they already had, were up one by the time that the first immunity challenge came around. Yeah. And I thought it was like, I kind of share, uh, Franny's point of view where she's like, it's kind of dumb where like we come back and we're all muddy and tired and she's just like, you know totally spick and span and it's like i would be pissed off if i was if i was on her tribe you know like you you're looking at you're looking at matt and you're telling me that guy's like a a challenge fiend you know you're looking at heidi and saying yeah heidi should just participate in these challenges over you i don't like I thought that was interesting. And I think if you make it to the merge and your tribe likes you and you're able to build that, like maybe that is helpful to not wear yourself out, but like it just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. And it caught up with her tonight, you know? Yeah. I mean, if they hadn't gone to tribal, like great strategy by her, you get to the immunity challenges and no one thinks you're physical threat. Maybe you win a couple immunity challenges, you know? And uh, then you can say that that was your strategy the whole time uh, that you didn't wear yourself out as much. And you were, you know, kind of tricking people into thinking you weren't as physical as you were. But, yeah, it definitely bit her in the butt tonight. So, uh, I mean, in season 44, they're still voting people out because they're like because of the challenges. And, you know, that's why they can't get rid of the challenges. The challenges are part of the game. 
And it's something that even in even in the year of our Lord 2023, we're still we're still doing voting people out because they don't they don't help the tribe win challenges. Yeah, like I feel like the challenges insert the struggle into the game. And without them, it wouldn't it wouldn't be like that's, you know, I think that is the ultimate question early in the game is like, okay, what is strength? Like they literally talked about it so much. Like what is strength? Well, if if challenge strength didn't matter, then it would just be like a purely social game. I mean, we're talking like Big Brother kind of deal. You know, it's like it's like how much do you I think that kind of is the beauty of Survivor. How much do you weigh certain attributes of certain people? How much do you trust them versus how much do you trust them to actually get you where you need to go, either in the game physically or in the game mentally and socially? And like the challenges are everything. And if you don't participate in that, that comes off as selfish to me. And I like I totally get it. I'm in full support of Claire being voted off. I think she was a smart player, but like that was just, that was an odd thing. And even when I watched like the second time where I was like, Oh, she's had up before. And they're mentioning that now. Interesting. And Heidi's on Heidi's on the roster. Heidi's on the roster and you're sitting yourself out. Like that's like playing. That's like me going and playing a pickup game of like five on five and like saying, I'll sit, I'll sit out the first time. And then like, there's, I don't know, like you're on my team and you're, you're like, no, I'll just run this next one. And I'm like, no, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, even if I think I may do like a a tiny bit worse than you, it doesn't make sense because people need breaks. People are tired. That's not being a good teammate. It's not being a good friend. It's not being good anything. Yeah. She was trying to spin it as like, she's just being a team player. Got to do what's best for the team. But you know, and, and how she doesn't have pride about being in the challenges. And it's like, I don't know. You don't want a, someone who sucks to like force themselves into the challenge. But the fact that she's like a general, like unknown in the challenges yeah. makes people think like she doesn't even want to be in them. Like she doesn't even want to participate. Like she's not even fighting us on that. You know, she's yeah. excited. Like at least act like, Man, I would I would have got out there if you guys had wanted me to. Like I would have gone out there and crushed it. She didn't even do that. She's just like trying to act like holier than thou kind of about the whole like mm-hmm. sitting out thing and it's like I don't know, maybe have like a little bit of pride about it. Like man, like I've always wanted to play survivor. Like I trained for this at home before I came. I worked out. I'm ready to go. And then, you know, act a little bit just a little bit dejected when you sit out a challenge instead of like Raising your hand with glee. Yeah. Like to me, I feel like when you, when I, if I've ever played Survivor, everybody's ego is on the table. Everybody's ego is there. And if you're doing something solely for the team, quote unquote, like that's your ego is still directing you with what to do. And that, that would sound off more alarms for me. You know, like she said, Oh, I want to do everything while I'm here. I want to do everything. It's like clearly you don't. Like, clearly you don't, you know, it's okay to say that. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me why she would, that would be her pitch. And it's just, it's just really frustrating. And even Franny in Tribal, she said, to be fair, I think if you went out there and uh, did any of the challenges, I think you would have rocked it. And like, to think that Claire was just 
no, I'm, I'm not a good digger of sand. I'm not a good puller. I'm not a good, like, what is that? Like, come on. Come on. So anyway, that was clear. Thanks, Claire. Uh, you seem smart, but you just, you really messed that up. So, you know, that was that. Yeah. Okay. But we did get to see a lot of uh, the Green Tribe tonight. We got to see Danny. Uh, my, play. I think my, I think my, he's my winner pick. Yeah. According to this podcast. No, I, well, I think you either said him or Jam Jam. I think you said Jam Jam. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to go roll the tape on that. But yeah. Danny, uh, you know, we got to see him do a lot more things for the first time tonight. Finds the idol, uh, finds the key, uh, gets the idol out, eats the clue that says this is just a fake coin. Just like a total great move, eating eating the paper. Just a masterful, a masterful play, you know. No one's going to find that piece of paper. Um, personally, I was thinking about it. I probably would have tried to bury it or hide it. Because what if I need to prove someone to someone like, no, that is seriously fake. Believe me, I have the paper to prove it. But now he'll just be telling people like <laughs> his idols are fake and they'll be like, well, no, I have the coin from the other tribe and it's real. So, yeah, like interesting. So maybe he should have kept the fake paper. But, but he, it, of it, course, he doesn't. He doesn't know that the other tribes also have a coin, and their coin, one of their coins, is real, like a real idol. He doesn't know that. So, I mean, I thought it was. I thought he played it the best. Definitely played it better than Brandon did. Uh, and uh, you know, I liked how he hot hid the key, and he didn't just lead someone right to it, like we saw mm-hmm. Matt do later. Like Matt straight up led Jamie straight to the uh, the fake idol that he made. I yeah. liked how Matt was like totally played it, like was not going to lead anyone to it. He fe- it put it in a place that was findable. It was found. What I didn't know if he should have done was to immediately go and check in with Matt and be like, so what you got in your pocket? Because I was like, I don't yeah. know, maybe let it breathe for a couple days. Let words start to squirt, like go around, go around, go around. And then, Right when you need it, someone's having a conversation with you. Like, we can't vote Matt out because he's got the idol. And you just hit him with a boom. It's a fake idol. But, of course, he doesn't yeah. have the paper to prove that. So, you know, I thought it was well played by Danny, though. Uh, I just like how there's so many different ways you can play the whole birdcage situation. Which, you know, we're starting this a little bit later. Uh, I was holding Wesley uh, for a while while Madeline was doing some stuff. And uh, Lingo was on yeah, afterwards. And they showed a scene from next episode during Lingo. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. And it, what happened? Uh, there was, I, Carolyn has put two sticks in an X, like intertwined in the birdcage. It just, the scene showed them finding these sticks that have been stuck into the birdcage. And, no explanation on why Carolyn did that, but it just it shows a confessional with Carolyn. She's like, yeah, I did that. So we don't know what? what's going on with that. We don't know why Carolyn. Is. So that's for next episode. We're getting more Carolyn, more Carolyn antics. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I thought Danny did a good job playing it tonight. I thought that uh, Matt Matthew, he did an interesting thing with his idol. Um, just immediately making a fake. I was like, okay i guess like you could have just had an idol and not told anyone and like i don't know 
Yeah. Especially so in I, a world where there's so many fake idols and so many real idols going around. Like, are people going to think the idol that he has is fake because Jamie has the paper? Yeah. I, okay. So I have thoughts before before we get to that one. So the the Green Tribe one. So Danny, I thought it was weird that he immediately jumped to Josh and Matt and was like, "Dude, no, seriously, like, what'd you find?" You know, like I thought that was weird. I probably would have, I probably would have held back and then said, "Hey guys, like I saw Matt." I would have told everybody but Matt and Franny, like, "Hey guys, I saw him put it something in his pocket." You know. Um, but I think that that comes off a little weird because maybe they're like, oh, well maybe Danny's lying to me. But if Danny just straight up and says, Matt, like, what'd you put in your pocket? And then Matt comes clean. Everybody knows Matt's got an idol, which like, that was kind of Danny's goal to begin with, right? To have the idol and have no one be suspicious of him. So like a little more forward that I would have played it, but I don't think it was a bad play in hindsight. I think I get what he was doing and I think it makes sense. The Matthew one in his confessional in his testimonial, um, he said, I gave it to Jamie so that I could build trust with her, but it's fake. It's not a real idol. So what happens if say she plays it and it's not real, I guess you could just say, Oh, that's crazy. I didn't what you found a fake idol. Who did that? That's crazy. But like yeah. Jamie may be watching this and have no clue like at home right now. And she's just like, what? <laughs> like, he, lied. he lied to me. Like, I just thought that was so interesting because I guess he wanted them to share that moment so that she, he would become her number one, which is smart. But I just thought it was kind of oxymoronic for him to say, you know, I wanted to build trust with her. So I gave her the fake one. <laughs> That's like some manipulative stuff. Like, yeah. Building trust with people by misleading them. Yeah. Is is a pretty, pretty manipulative thing to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, the truth's going to come out at some point. It just came out if it hadn't come out before tonight. But the truth is going to come out at some point. And because she's going to be like conspiring with him, like, blah, blah, blah. And I've got the idol and we're going to play it like this. And he's going to be like, well, Uh we have the idol, (laughs) but yours is a fake because I planted it. And then I led you to it. And then she's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to play with you. I don't want to play this game with you. You lied to me about this. Our whole relationship is built on a lie. Kids, honesty is the way to go. Honesty is the best policy, except in Survivor. But in this case, when you don't have to lie, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like a completely needless lie. Like, did he, he just concocted that whole thing, right? Because he found the idol and then he just took that paper and then just made one. That was like some, some Aussie stuff right there. Right. Was Ozzy the first one to fake an idol? I can't remember, but I know he did it in fans' favorites, fans were favorites. Maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, there was the stick. Yeah, the stick that he did. <laughs> Iconic stick. That's a stick. <laughs> That's a freaking stick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like so. I just a big night for fake idols. Two of them. Oh, dude, we're gonna need 
them to be running like a ticker at the bottom so that we can keep track of whose idol is real and whose is fake. Yeah. Like, you know, beyond just like a lower third, like we need like a chart, like a golf score, <laughs> like a golf scoreboard that they put up during like the players championship or like, you know, like a little like graphic at the bottom, like they have at the bottom of like NBA games or NFL games. Uh-huh. Just scrolling. Just like, okay, so-and-so no votes, can't vote at this tribal so-and-so like so just like this stuff is constantly in at the top of our minds because like i feel like it does we don't remember this stuff until like it's like last second and then we're like wait oh what that what i thought yeah. they were gonna do because i couldn't remember six weeks ago when they got a fake idol or they have a real idol and then so-and-so has a fake idol how are we supposed to remember all this stuff? And then they go and then they do like the flashback thing like they did with Matthew with the with the edit. I'm like, OK, so like it kind of gives us the sense twice in a short amount of time, like <gasps> an idol yeah. or <gasps> it was a fake instead of just the one idol find that's exciting. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't think that was a great use of the flashback. Like, don't overdo it, because then when you do it, it's not as special. What if, okay, what if they do another flashback, and it's Lauren finding the actual idol, and then making a fake, and then Matthew... Oh, gosh. (laughs) Inception. (laughs) Just, like, the chaos that could, like, like, the fake idols. It's so... This is such an interesting group of people, because, like... We've never seen fake idols go this well, you know, like we've seen it about like the worst, like the Jamal piece of paper where he wrote on it with a crayon was like the worst possible setup and execution of anything. Right. Um, but like these, these seem to be hitting like the fake idols are just, they're working, you know? Well, the fake idols were made by production minus Matt's. Yes. Uh, but, and like, I guess that, that is helpful, but with Matthews, it was like, I guess he just had the idea, like that kind of implanted that idea in his mind. He's like this, I'm going to do that, you know? Um, but man, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's a good season so far. I'm digging it. I have absolutely no idea who's going to win this, but, uh, I think Carolyn is going to win. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. She's like in the best spot. Yeah. Like I that's think so Carolyn's going to win. You can't, yeah. you can't, you cannot cold open the show with someone's like goofy confessional. If they don't at least make the finale. Yeah. yeah. I think she's going to win. Like she's got an idol. No one knows that she has it. She, has an alliance that was in the majority. Uh-huh. And then like we need to talk about this because like Carson just going back to Sarah and trying to like smooth things over, like, hey, it's not it's not really us three against you. Like you're the person I would want to play the game with the most. It's like, dude, if that was true, why didn't we just vote together last time? Yeah. Like if if I'm the person you want to play together with the most. Why would you vote out our closest ally? And you could have told me. Like, yeah, you could have told me. You should have said Helen is is sus to me, and I I want to get rid of her. Like, but like, how how is Sarah supposed to believe that? So Mm -hmm. on um, 
in the Rob has a podcast network of podcasts, uh, David Bloomberg and Jessica Lewis have a podcast called Why X Lost. And it's just like they have these rules that they go by for like why someone got voted out. And one is um, didn't scheme enough, didn't plot and scheme enough. And another one is plot and schemed too much. Yeah. And I think we saw both of these in this episode. So we've got Carson who is, he's plotting and scheming too much. Mm-hmm. You made your bed. You've got three to one. Just roll with it. Don't try to change that now. And then you've got didn't plot and scheme enough. And I feel like that's kind of clear. Like she didn't even like play the game really, you yeah. know, like she, she didn't, have an alliance locked down that was for sure going to vote for her if they vote with her if they went to a tribal council. She was sitting out the immunity challenges mm-hmm. without a majority alliance. Like, if you don't have a majority alliance, you better be in the challenge to make sure that you don't go to tribal. Yeah. So I feel like we saw both extremes of that in this episode. Like, Carson, like, he's a puzzle magician. Like, he's great to have on your tribe. But, like, his game has a clear end date on it. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna, he's gonna, he's going like Adam Klein and Winners at War, just like flying way too close to the sun, way too early. So yeah, and like let's think about this for a second. So you make the merge with uh, Carson, Carolyn, and Jam Jam. The other group meets those people. Who are they gonna think is like the person that's like the decision maker and is strategic? They're going to think it's Carson, whether that's correct or not. That's what they're going to think. You know, like they're not, they're definitely not going to think it's Carolyn. They may think it's Jam Jam, but they're going to be like, oh, this guy is just so fun. Like, he's just so fun. And I love Jam Jam. And like, he's, he doesn't have like a threatening bone in his body. And like, I think you're right. I think his game does have an end date. And I don't, I, yeah, I think it'll be before the finale, which is frustrating because I have him in the finale. And uh, can I just be like super duper honest, change the subject. I picked Heidi to win. I feel extremely uncertain in that pick now. Just like, yo, the whole thing, the whole conversation with Claire, like got me really nervous about that. Cause like, she's like, I just don't know. And she's just telling this to the person that's like going to be voted out. And yeah, like she, she was so much like, I don't know. And then at tribal, when Claire asks her straight up, she's like, yeah, I'm still kind of just like, that's basically her saying, Claire, you should play your shot in the dark or an idol. If you have one, like in front of everyone. Yeah. Which is tough because if I'm like, if I'm Matt and Franny, I'm looking like, who do I want to play with? I don't really want to play with Heidi. You know, even Danny, who probably doesn't want to play with the couple, you know. But it's like, well, who do I trust? Who's going to make moves? We haven't really seen anything on Josh, like hardly at all. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. But I just, man, like, it's just, it's just very... It's very interesting, and I feel like of of that green tribe, it's either going to be Heidi or Josh that goes out next. I just I just can't see any of the other three going home yet. Yeah, I think as I'm thinking about this, like 
Heidi is still going to be the swing vote between Danny and Josh and Matt and Franny. I think what Claire should have done was like, hey, so Matt and Franny are two and Danny and Josh are two. So, you know, if I'm Claire, I should go to Heidi and be like, let's us be a two. Now we're deciding who goes. Mm-hmm. And we're for sure going to be a final four on this tribe. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's the, that's the way to play it. Um, of course, you know, Heidi's like, well, now I'm, I can be a top three on this tribe. If I do it like this, but you know, I, I think there's a lot more stability in being in part of a twosome in that if they do target you, there's only 50, 50 chance you get voted out. Why, why didn't Matt and Franny get votes again? I thought that they were going to get voted out because they like they just kind of like dropped that. Yeah, it was kind of like so Danny like came back and was like, I want clear, told Josh. And then they all told Matt and Franny. So it's like, this is easy. We'll vote clear. So really it was Danny that kind of changed, changed his mindset and came back with clear. And then... Claire found out and then was like, okay, well, let's just vote out Josh. Because it seemed to her that, like, it was more likely to swap Franny and Heidi to Josh than to each other, basically. Which makes sense. Um, Because Franny definitely was not going to vote Matt out. That was not happening. Um, And she was Claire's closest ally. So, yeah, that's probably why. I was surprised that Danny came back and said that because like, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to go to the merge with a couple, you know? Yeah. Like, or maybe, maybe you would. I don't know. Maybe you're like, yeah, they're close. They're close. They're a tight two. They're a tight two. And I'm with them, but I'm not like, you know, in them. So like, maybe that puts a target on their back. I mean, I don't know. what I don't get is... Why does Heidi feel like Josh hasn't talked to her about strategy? Why in a six person tribe, have you not talked to each person about strategy? (laughs) There is like, there is you and there is five other people. They have been there. This isn't the first tribe. They've been there for five days. Yeah. They've been there for five days. You take one person every day you talk to. You are like, it's such a small group of people. How have you not like gotten to know them on some level to where you could be like, so what are you thinking if we have to go to tribal? That's, that's an error. That is an error by Josh to not have talked to Heidi about strategy. Like I also think it might be an error by Heidi to not have voted Josh out if Josh hasn't talked to her about strategy, like about what's going on. Like Claire, this is a chance to like get a firm ally with Claire and a firm ally with Franny and a firm ally with Matt. Instead, you are choosing to vote out Claire and just cause you're tight with Danny, but like Danny's and Josh is two is Josh is 50% of that group, Danny and Josh, and you haven't spoken strategy with him yet. Yeah. I just think that's a, that's a bad mistake by Josh and a bad mistake by Heidi, just bad survivor play. Yeah. I mean, those two are going to be in the middle again, right? Even though they haven't talked to each other. 
Because it's like, Josh is kind of in with Franny and Matt because he knows they have an idol and they told him. Um, but he's also cool with Danny. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's going to be interesting. So, Josh, who we don't really know, we've gotten like three testimonials, confessionals. Like, we just know basically what they've shown us and we haven't seen any of his gameplay or thoughts yet. So, we'll see. A lot to happen. This is only episode three. A lot to, a lot to ride. When did we switch up tribes? Or when did they merge? 12? Was it just they merged at 12? I don't know. Or 13. Was it 13? I can't remember. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think they've switched. They swapped tribes the last three seasons. No. Right. It would be interesting they did, if they did. I, I, I don't mind a tribe swap like two votes before tribal but the the problem with tribe swaps is that a really interesting player who's dominating the game could get swap screwed yeah. where they're just like out because they just are on a tribe with less people or than the other you know alliance on their tribe and it's just like you know what you're just you're just done like i think that I wish they had not have done a tribe swap in Winners at War, because I feel like we lost some good some good people. We lost Boston Rob, we lost Parvati. Mm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't like tribe swaps because you just lose <laughs> too many good characters. It's like, a little random. It's intriguing. Yeah. It's intriguing television, but it is really random. Yeah. Oh man! Did anything else happen this episode? Dungeons and Dragons guy. Yeah, I, I can't remember his name. Cade Kane. Yeah, we Kane. saw him singing loved- "O Canada" and then <laughs> being a swordsman from Dungeons and Dragons. Big personality episode for Kane. Um, yeah, I thought that was. And then they did you hear that they added like the sword sound yeah. effects too? Like ching ching. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that was the episode, right? Am I missing anything? Yeah, I think we're going to talk about basketball. Yeah, let's talk about basketball. Let's talk about basketball. Who do we think is going to win? Alabama. Alabama, yeah. If, if Brandon Miller doesn't get arrested between, in the next four (sighs) weeks, then Alabama. Okay, so here's the thing, here's the thing. I've covered Brandon Miller in high school. I've watched him play, I think, three or four basketball games. I watched him his sophomore year, and I watched him his senior year. His senior year, I got to watch him play state. And they lost in the quarterfinal to, like, Bearden or Forrest or some just really, like, unathletic, fundamentally sound, really technical basketball school from East Tennessee. I don't know if Brandon Miller is clutch. He is immensely talented but I don't know if he's clutch. So like, I think Alabama is the most talented team in the tournament. And I went and watched them on Sunday and I was like, Oh my gosh, this team is overwhelming. I mean, Texas A&M, that's a really good team and they trounced them. Yeah, exactly. Their interior is insane. Like the height on those guys, they are just, they are huge. Like they are huge and they have Brandon Miller and they have like capable guards. Like, you know, that's going to be the toughest thing for any of these teams. You're going to have the, have the size to line up against them on defense, you know? 
But like, I totally think that Brandon Miller is going to have an off game and it may bite him. Like, yeah. When I first filled out my bracket, I put Alabama as the winner. And I don't really know if I changed it since, but it's just like, man, I just, I, I, my brain is like, yeah, of, of all teams, I think that would make sense. But I don't Who, know. Who's your final four? Um, I think I have Alabama, Texas, Duke, and somebody else. Um, who's the other one? Kansas. No, I don't have Kansas. I don't think. Maybe UCLA. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I've got Texas A&M. Uh huh. Alabama. Uh-huh. Kansas mm-hmm. and Kansas State, maybe? Is that you have possible? Texas a- you, yeah, I think so. You have Texas A&M. That's what you're telling me right now. I saw enough on, on Saturday, dude. Wow. I saw enough. I mean, I will oh, okay, say Okay, so here's my thing. The, but uh, the main reason is that Brandon Sasser... Or Brandon or Sasser. I know his name is Sasser from Houston. Yeah, Marcus got, Sasser. Yeah. He went down in the conference tournament. Um, I think Texas is riding the high of the Big 12 championship. I think they're going to take Texas in the second round. And then I think it's going to be them or Indiana coming out of that quadrant. I asked Madeline who she picked uh, for the to win the whole thing today. She said Indiana. And she was like, hey, is yo. that a, she was like, is that a bad pick? And I was like, honestly, that's pretty spicy. It's like fine. they, yeah, they, have, it, they mean, have pretty high odds. Like when I've looked like they've been like one of the, like, I don't know, high odds or low odds. I'm not exactly sure, but like one of the more likely teams, according to a lot of sports books to win the whole thing. So they have one pick. of the best players in the tournament. They're like power forward or whatever, Jackson Davis or whatever his name is, Trace Davis. I don't know. Um, but yeah. You got any uh, Mad Dog underdog picks? Kennesaw State against uh, Xavier. I also have Kennesaw State against Xavier. I think I have Kennesaw State in the Sweet 16, actually. Wow. I also have Louisiana over Tennessee. I wanted to do that, but I just couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I have them losing to Duke uh, just in the second round. I I just couldn't quite get there. Like I know Tennessee stinks. But I do mm-hmm. think that they're like, they're a good, they're like a solid team. Like I, they, I don't think their floor is that low. I, their ceiling is n- right at their floor, in my opinion. I just think that they are what they are at this point. Um, so I did not, I did not pick Tennessee going far, but I didn't see them getting upset in the first round. My general philosophy on picking was, I think that the SEC is underrated by the selection committee. I think that the Big Ten is overrated by the selection committee. I think the ACC is overrated by the selection committee. And I think the Big 12 is underrated by the selection committee. So those are kind of the criteria that I try to navigate. And obviously that's not like a rule across, like I just bet on conferences, but like from a, from like, it's kind of, I made a hybrid from that idea and like what I actually think um, into what I've got. My formula would say exactly what you just said. Like the Big 12 is the best conference in terms of resume and net efficiency. They're they're bonkers good. All of them. 1 to 10. They're really good. 
Um, and like we were, over, my thing was overseeding big 12 teams. Like for example, West Virginia was like a six seed in mine and Texas A&M was either a four or a five in my final bracket with the wins that they piled up late. Um, and then the ACC is overseeded, uh, as they always are. Um, Pittsburgh got in, um, and they won last night. So that's something, but it's, they played Mississippi state and Mississippi state is a bad Stinks. basketball team. They stink. Um, so, can we talk about Vanderbilt right now? Yeah, man. They beat Yale okay. last night. Honestly, the game was not as close as the score. I mean, they they were ready to boat race those guys, and Yale just kind of kept hanging around, but it was never close. Yeah, and I think Vanderbilt could beat most of the teams in the tournament right now. I think if you lined them up, they could easily beat half of them at least. Oh, right? yeah, they could easily be an eight or nine seed. Um, but... My formula was just like the committees. They weren't even close to getting in. And as much as that sucks to say as a Vandy fan, like the committee's job is not to pick the best teams. It's just to pick the teams that have the most to show for their entire season. And they count games in November as much as they count games in March, which you can say that's stupid. And it may be very stupid, but that's the way it is. And I kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, but I hope that Vanderbilt wins the NIT. I think that'd be awesome. I hope those guys come back. I hope that they don't have a ton of transfers. Studi's not even playing in the NIT. He's Dude, gone. He had to go away in shame after costing us the SEC tournament. <laughs> Man, Studi's the reason well, we're not. He's the reason we're not in the, in the NCAA tournament, bro. I was like, I was like, good riddance. Like Colin Smith just straight up took his job, dude. Yeah, that's why he Colin left. Colin Smith, man, that guy is good. Like, man, like, dude. Um, honestly, I'm gonna get on my old man rant right now. College athletes are so soft these days. Transferring when anything doesn't go their way, it's like, hey, maybe you need to like get in the gym and get better at basketball instead of transferring just because like you sucked and you got replaced. That's what happened. You're going to go to a worse school so you can play more basketball? Or do you want to try to get back with this team and make the tournament next year? All right. This has been The Clingers Has Spoken. My name is Joel. That's Michael. That's how we feel about the C- episode four of season three of, ep- of season 44 of Survivor. And that's how we feel about the NCAA tournament and Vanderbilt uh, basketball and Miles City. So, Love you, though. Thanks everyone, for all you did for the teams. To everyone except for Miles City. Have a good night, uh, and we will see you next time. Clingers have spoken. Peace. The Clingers have spoken.